In this day and age, there's no shortage of ways to collaborate. You can use shared FTP drives, company-wide chat apps, or maybe you can use that one thing that's been neglected for a while, your corporate communications portal. While each app might serve a purpose, the sheer volume and fragmentation can be overwhelming for people at work these days. That's why you should try Igloo. It combines department spaces, team calendars, corporate file sharing, internal communications capabilities, social features, and plenty more. Easily. Igloo is an intranet you'll actually like. Join your IT guy and try Igloo today. Sign up for your free trial at igloosoftware.com forward slash tech. That's igloosoftware.com forward slash tech. My earliest memory of professional wrestling is pretty clear. I was sitting on the floor in my living room one Sunday morning when I was either in the third or fourth grade flipping through channels. That's right. Very nice. As I moved the dial past the USA network, I stopped cold. There were a couple guys moving through a crowd wearing leather masks and studded armor. They made their way to the ring with red, white, and blue ropes and they stepped inside. When they removed their masks, they revealed painted faces and bright red tongues. I watched these two monsters, who the commentators informed me was a tag team named Demolition. And years later, I'd find out that they were a takeoff of another tag team called the Road Warriors. And later still, I'd find out that they were just a couple of guys wearing bondage gear. Anyway, they pummeled a pair of doughy white guys in trunks, finishing them off with a nasty-looking move called the Demolition Decapitation. I was instantly hooked. In short order, I'd start watching All-American Wrestling on Sundays, then Primetime Wrestling on Monday nights, and Superstars on the weekends, and everything I could get at the time shy of pay-per-views, because, frankly, my dad didn't want to pay to buy them. Since I was living in California in the 1980s, the only wrestling I got to see for a decade was the WWF, which has since become the WWE. Since I was also a child living in Northern California a couple hours from San Francisco, I didn't actually get to see a live wrestling event until I was well into my 20s. The first WWE event I went to see was a 2004 pay-per-view called No Way Out at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, where I had a ringside seat when Eddie Guerrero won his one and only world championship. Even though I was a lifelong wrestling fan with some lapsed years mixed in in high school and college, I didn't make it to a WrestleMania until 2008 when myself and a group of friends from all over the country traveled to the Citrus Bowl in Orlando to watch WrestleMania 24. We saw Floyd Mayweather have the best celebrity match of all time against the Big Show. We saw a fat, angry Texan wing a garbage can at a little person in a leprechaun suit. We saw Ric Flair have his retirement match against Shawn Michaels. And I watched my favorite wrestler, CM Punk, win his first Money in the Bank ladder match, and I lost my mind. We saw what 75,000 wrestling fans looked like, and we watched Undertaker make his entrance as fireworks fell into the crowd. It was a spectacle I'll never forget, and it's a sporting event completely unlike any other you'll ever experience. I've been making it to as many WrestleManias as I can ever since. Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I'm your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant. Today, I'm joined by my friend, my colleague, editor from SB Nation and Cage Side Seats, Bill Hanstock. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. 
You are an expert in pro wrestling. I, am... <laughs> well, I don't like to brag. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you can you can own it. I'm I'm a buffoon, but <laughs> I'm a buffoon who has tickets to WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. This week. I I am so excited for you. And people are already I can I can feel it. People are already gearing up their comments. What does WrestleMania have to do with technology? Well, mm. here's what it has to do with technology. I don't care. <laughs> it's it is a thing that I'm going to and I'm curious about. And uh, you know what? Actually, there is a weird tech connection which we'll get to later. But let's start at the very top. Mm-hmm. Say I have never even heard of pro wrestling. I don't I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. How would you explain WrestleMania to a dullard like myself? Well, it's actually really simple. WrestleMania is for all intents and purposes, quite literally the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. It's been going on. This is the the 32nd WrestleMania. It's been going on for 32 years. You know, two-thirds as long as the Super Bowl has been going on. Uh, or three-fifths, however fractions work. <laughs> um, and and it's just the, the biggest wrestling event on the planet every year. Okay, now now continuing with uh, this this you know scenario, this theoretical scenario that I don't know what I'm talking about. What is professional wrestling? Professional wrestling is an art form that combines elements of sports, fighting, athleticism, and serialized drama. Basically, it's born out of legitimate wrestling that happened in the 1800s born out of amateur wrestling a little bit, but in the late 1800s, early 1900s carnivals and state fairs and places where they would have exhibitions of strength and exhibitions of wrestling, they found out that they could make a lot more money if they predetermined the outcomes of these wrestling exhibitions. So they had Gentlemen who were legitimately world-class athletes and legitimately amazing wrestlers start to predetermine the outcomes of their wrestling matches. And the wrestling matches back then look completely different from what you'll see on TV now. They basically look like actual wrestling, very little happening, and finishing moves weren't really a thing, but if there was a finishing move, it would be something like a headlock or a leg lock, where someone would submit to something that today would look very simple and rudimentary. But born out of that circuit of these predetermined wrestling matches, you developed a... A, a carny code, which is still around in some form to, today that's known as kayfabe, which is the illusion that everything you're watching is real. And until the 1990s, everything was very closely guarded and very close to the vest. And there was there were just hundreds and, and thousands of wrestlers who were living this life, like, putting forward this kayfabe persona of this is who I am and this is real and this is real life and this is exactly what we want you to believe it is. And and it's moved away from that a little, but kayfabe is very much still alive today. Walk me through how it became more popular than traditional wrestling. Because I, I look at the rest of the sports and you don't, you don't see this. I, I, we, we had the XFL, which I guess technically was still kind of uh, real football and weirdly tied to pro wrestling, but mm-hmm. pro wrestling seems unique in that the real sport that it's based off of is less popular <laughs> than it. Well, this is actually one of the 
one of the, I mean, I love a lot of things about wrestling, but this is probably one of the most brilliant things about the actual term professional wrestling. It actually means something because you still call amateur wrestling, amateur wrestling, and you still call professional wrestling, professional wrestling, but you might call both college football and the NFL football, or you might call the minor leagues of baseball and the MLB. You might just call that baseball. But amateur wrestling and pro wrestling are fundamentally different. And pro wrestling has, because of how it's built, has this claim of, look at us, we are professional wrestling. Because in amateur wrestling, for example, the shoulders only have to be down on the ground for one second. In professional wrestling, you have to hold your opponent down for three seconds. And there's all these little differences of, look at what professional wrestling is that's different than amateur wrestling. But the very thing that makes it so super popular compared to amateur wrestling is you can determine the outcome. And for years and years, I'm sure that Dana White has wished and hoped and prayed every day that he could fix his fights because he'd certainly make a lot more money than he's making now, even though the UFC's extremely successful. He would love to set up these fights and never have Ronda Rousey lose a match, or he would love to set up these fights and have the hated man just be on top forever until the virtuous good guy finally takes him out instead of what happens in UFC, which is, oh, holy crap, your favorite fighter got knocked out in a second. There goes his draw, you know? Um, and that's what professional wrestling has, and that allows it to be popular, is they can build storylines into athleticism. That narrative that we're always searching for in sports, LeBron chokes in the fourth quarter, all of these things that we make up about professional sports, WWE gets to do for real and feed it to us, and that's why it's so popular. Okay, so I have to, I have to guide this to technology. It's my sure. Job. Well, there's a big techno technological le link between wrestling and, and especially WrestleMania. But go ahead. So, well, that's my that's my theory, and I and I want you to walk me through it. But it feels like how it did uh, climb so quickly is taking advantage of television for one mm -hmm. and cable television in ways that other sports I don't feel like had. Well, they certainly didn't have the opportunity due to seasons. Uh, but yeah, I I want to hear your theory on on how tech has been a part of pro wrestling and how it has kind of helped it grow. Well, yeah, as far as television, live television has made helped make wrestling such a pop culture touchstone for years. Wrestling has been around on television basically as long as there has been television, and television is what helped Gorgeous George become a cultural phenomenon and inspire Muhammad Ali and basically every other wrestling heel that came after him. But especially in the 1990s, the mid to late 1990s, when you had what's known as the Monday Night Wars between WWF and WCW, you had these two competing pro wrestling products on at the same time, live television every single Monday night. And it was... It was sort of a game for the fans to sort of flip back and forth and catch what they could, or they would record one and watch the other and then watch the other one afterwards or the next day. And then Tuesdays were a time for people to actually go and check the ratings of the respective television shows and the, the news websites at the time and and the, the newsletters would actually break down segment by segment the ratings of what happened with each television show. And you could see when people tuned in or when people changed the channel. So the ratings became an actual thing that fans would look at and sort of claim bragging rights for whatever 
federation they preferred. They would say, you know, oh, we blew you away in the ratings last night. And and it became, fans became savvy to this ratings technology, which it, admittedly has never been great and continues to not be great to this day. But that te- technology of having live television competing similar programming on at the same time. It's like basically every week you have two competing NFL playoff games on at the same time on different channels. Okay, now tell me about the WWE Network, which I guess is the latest version of all of this. The WWE Network was launched a couple years ago, and it's an over-the-top network that I firmly believe is absolutely the best value of any online subscription that you can get. It it even blows like Netflix out of the water. About, uh, you know, when WCW went out of business in, I believe, 2001 or 2002, WWF bought it. And with it, they bought the entire WCW library and they bought the entire NWA library. And over the years, they've also bought out ECW and they purchased the entire ECW library and they bought out the AWA and they bought out world class championship wrestling. So they own all of this unbelievable historical content. So when you buy the WWE network, which is $9 and 99 cents every month. And if you sign up for it, you get a free month. So if you sign up for it, for example, in April, you will get WrestleMania for free. But when you buy WWE network, you not only get every current new pay-per-view that comes on live as it airs on the WWE network as part of your subscription. You also get every pay-per-view that WWF, WCW, ECW has ever put on ever. You also get like all of this old historical content. You get like weekly AWA shows, weekly WCCW shows, weekly WCW shows. Like you go, they're constantly adding stuff to the network all the time. So basically you can go to the network, you can type in in the search bar, for example, like junkyard dog, and you can watch every match that they have for junkyard dog. And they even have like old stuff from the eighties during the Hulkamania era of like these live Madison square garden shows that they would do like once a month, uh, that certainly I on the West coast was never privy to, but now I can go back and watch these old matches and it's, it's, an insane amount of content. And not only do they have the old wrestling content, but they also have brand new content that they're making now that is just for the WWE network that has stuff like they have a pranked show. uh, They have a prank show called swerved. They have uh, edge and Christian have their own comedy show. Um, There's a show called table for three, which is amazing where they just have three wrestlers or wrestling personalities around a table eating dinner and just talking about like stories from the road or stories from the past. And it's amazing. And and it just like all of this content is available on this network. And it's, it's a, a network that comes on Roku. It comes on PlayStation three, PlayStation four. It comes on uh, Xbox. You can watch it through any device. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your tablet. And like, if there's a, a pay-per-view coming up or if there's WrestleMania coming up, you just watch it wherever you are. If you subscribe to the network and you have an app, you can just flip it on and it's going to be there. Well, let's talk about the road to a pay-per-view because I mean, when I was younger uh, and I was at my most, you know, fierce pro wrestling fandom, uh, I, I remember having to watch pay-per-views at like a friend's house and we'd all chip in money to get their parents to pay for it. And I, I think it was like 25 bucks or 30 bucks. 
uh, now it feels like it just seems so different. The idea that one, it's 10 bucks every month. You know that you're going to get this pay-per-view as part of it. You have all the other stuff, but on the other side of the coin, uh, the WWE knows that they have that money mm-hmm. on lock. They, they no longer have to worry about, you know, convincing you, uh, to make that big purchase or, or they know already what, what amount of money that they're going to make. Mm-hmm. They don't have to wait till the day after to be like, Oh, well, we got this many people to watch. How does that, I don't know if it's comfort, but how, how does that guarantee that the WWE network has over its viewership help? WrestleMania. I mean, does it inform it anyway? Does it inform that time leading up to it? I think it has changed how they build up to pay-per-views because, in a sense, because they do have that guaranteed money every month, um, I feel like it's no longer as necessary to build things up as much on television or make sure that people are tuning in every week on television. Now, currently you're seeing a real big push to get people to sign up for the network because it is WrestleMania season, and they know that if anyone's going to order any pay-per-view during the year and they wouldn't normally order it, they're going to order WrestleMania. So they have to point out to people like, look, you're going to pay 60 or 70 bucks for WrestleMania if you buy it on pay-per-view. But if you sign up for $10 a month, you get it for free and you get every pay-per-view for the year as part of it. And not only that, if you sign up to buy WrestleMania now, you just get it for free and then you can cancel. So they're, 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 Right this time of year, they're they're counting on a lot more people signing up. So I think it has impacted the buildup to the pay-per-views. And there has been a lot of fan complaint over the past couple of years of just sort of the same thing happening week after week and, and nothing really being as exciting as it used to be. But at the same time, if you were to go back to the time that the network launched and just watch the pay-per-views and just watch the WWE Network special events, it's been... It's been an unbelievable run of consecutive shows where everything is amazing. Like there have been like since the WWE Network launched a couple years ago, there have been like maybe two pay-per-views or network specials that have been like average and everything else has been amazing. If you didn't watch weekly television and you only watched the pay-per-views, you'd be blown away at the amazing quality of wrestling nowadays. We're actually living in a golden age of wrestling right now. When you watch wrestling on WWE level or on the independent level, and you also have foreign wrestling like um, uh, New Japan World also has an over-the-top subscription service, so you can watch New Japan stuff that's blowing people away with its quality. You also have Lucha Underground on weekly television. Like, There's so much wrestling content available to us at any given moment that it's basically like the ideal time to be a professional wrestling fan. You kind of answered the final question. (laughs) <laughs> but I'll, I'll 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 set up the volley and you can spike it anyway. Sure. If somebody has not watched wrestling in decades, maybe never at all, why should they watch WrestleMania 32? You should watch WrestleMania 32 because it's a spectacle unlike any you've ever seen, and you should especially watch WrestleMania 32 because they are holding it at AT&T Stadium in Arlington where the Dallas Cowboys play, and it is going to be the legitimate biggest wrestling crowd of all time and just being able to look on it and see it is going to be a spectacle in and of itself and that's before getting into every year wwe makes sure to have the biggest stage and the 
biggest like fireworks spectacular and the most amazing entrances every part of wrestlemania is a show and it's a technological show there's so many moving parts involved in making just a normal pay-per-view but wrestlemania is 10 times bigger than any pro wrestling event you will see and if you go back and you look at wrestlemania 3 they held it in the pontiac silver dome and just looking out on like between 80 and 90,000 people, however many WWE is claiming were there at this time. If you look at that amount of people, it's amazing. And if you look at WrestleMania three, it's not only amazing that there's that many people there, but there's just one little ring in the middle of the, of the whole stadium and wrestlers rode carts to the ring, but that was the only spectacle at WrestleMania three at WrestleMania 32, there's going to be a hundred thousand. There's going to be between eighty-five thousand and a hundred thousand people in the stadium, and there's going to be this amazing set and this amazing stage and this humongous screen, like the biggest screen in sporting events, above the ring. And there's going to be fireworks, and there's probably going to be people riding unicorns to the ring. And that's not even a joke. That's probably a thing that's going to actually happen. You have to watch WrestleMania. And if you've, I firmly believe this, if you've never been a wrestling fan, I still think everyone in the world needs to actually physically go to at least one WrestleMania in their lives because it's unlike anything you'll ever experience. It is my favorite thing every year to go to. And I have never not been blown away by the things I've seen there. It's, it's amazing. Well, I'm sold. Thank goodness I already have tickets. Right. Well, that's good for you. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm and I'm so excited for you because this is your first WrestleMania, and you get to be there and feel the heat of the Undertaker's fire, and you get to feel your body shake from fireworks. It's gonna be so awesome. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm so ready. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah. So usually at the end, uh, we like hustle for like, oh, go and listen to our show and give us reviews, which everybody should go do. They should go to iTunes and give us reviews. But we've also started recommending new podcasts to people. Mm. And I thought you, of all people, might have a certain podcast that you'd like to recommend. Sure. If you like professional wrestling, I have a weekly wrestling podcast called Ruto Radio, which is available via Cage Side Seats and SB Nation. But you can find it on SoundCloud and you can find it on iTunes and anywhere fine podcasts are sold perfect uh and thank you all for listening thank you to my producer andrew marino you can find us always on theverge.com new episodes every tuesday you can find us on twitter at what's tech and all the podcasting platforms previously mentioned until next time we will see you later the next time you hear me i'll be covered in face paint uh and the very fire uh released by the undertaker's fury i'll talk to you next time bye Ba ba da ba da ba